Chapter Thirty Three of Pee Wee Harris, FOB Bridgeboro. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. Pee Wee Harris, FOB Bridgeboro. Chapter Thirty Three The Solemn Vow in less than an hour after the arrival of the trio the whole camp was singing will you love me when my fliver is a wreck but pee-wee paused not to participate in the honors paid to townsend and liz he deserted the old love for the new and betook himself to memorial cabin he found the scene quiet and restful after his strenuous journey the birds sang in the trees which enclosed the rustic cabin squirrels darted from limb to limb and hurried up and down the trunks and the sun sent his playful rays down through the leafy branches no sign was there of pee-wee's unknown guest having inspected his lonely domicile he returned to the turmoil of the camp proper and entered the sacred precincts of the cooking shack where he announced his arrival in camp to chocolate drop the cook i'm here said pee-wee i'm back again i sees you is said chocolate drop smiling all over you done gwine to lib on de hill he asked i want eats and things for two scouts for three weeks pee-wee announced i'm going to do all the cooking and everything like on a a frontiers maybe i won't be seen down here in camp at all even this news might have been received with approbation by ray blakely and others was regarded with consternation by chocolate drop however he graciously supplied pee-wee with commissary stores in accordance with our hero's request and for several days pee-wee was so busy with enthusiastic preparations for the reception of his unknown guest that he was not seen in the main body of the camp in the seclusion of his retreat and the preoccupation of hospitable preparations he lived in sublime ignorance of the volcanic eruption which was presently to engulf him for in planning his famous relay race pee-wee had neglected to take into consideration an important element of the scout nature relay races are all right when there is nothing too seductive at the ends of them in the case of a relay race ending at a delightful summer camp the danger of it becoming cumulative is very great having completed his preparations for the reception of his unknown guest pee-wee was seated one evening on the doorstep of memorial cabin communing with nature and eating a luscious tomato the rays of dying sunlight painted the hills across the lake a vivid crimson and the truant streams from his luscious refreshment painted his scout suit an equally vivid hue it seemed almost as if the sun were actually setting in his face in a very riot of colorful glory intuition bolstered by a series of elaborate deductions had convinced the lonely tenant of the cabin that the time of fulfillment was at hand that his solitary guest would shortly appear so strong was this conviction upon pee-wee that he had by the exercise of tremendous will-power refrained from partaking of his lonely self-cooked meal 
in consideration of the imminent arrival of his mysterious companion i'm going to wait till eleven o'clock he said referring to his hospitable period of fasting because anyway he ought to be here tonight that's the way i figure it Pee-wee was always quite himself when playing a part and so far as he was concerned there was no living soul in all the country round about no one but his solitary companion the last runner to receive his much-handled credential hastening silently like some stealthy indian emissary toward his sequestered retreat cheerful voices could be heard down at camp but pee-wee heeded them not the inviting dinner-horn sounded and re-echoed from the hills across the darkening lake and for a moment it tempted him with its suggestions of waffles and honey but he put these thoughts out of his mind with the redoubled resolution that he the lonely host of memorial cabin the hospitable hermit and all that sort of thing would not mingle with his kind but remain in magnificent and romantic isolation in his lair he had boasted indeed with such flaunting boasts as only he could utter that neither he nor his unknown friend would partake of a single meal in camp during the visitor's stay but would live like pioneers on hunter's stew that we make ourselves and things like that i bet the two of you will be down for dinner the second day roy blakely had predicted that shows how much you know about primitive life our hero had thundered it shows how much i know about your hunters too roy had said i bet the two of you will be down for dinner after one grub on the hill if this stranger is able to walk ward hollister had said oh that's understood roy had agreed our hero had contemplated these scoffers with characteristic scorn that shows he had begun then coming up for air proceeded in tones of thunder that shows that you are all parlor scouts what do you call yourself a kitchen scout roy had laughed it shows how much you know about resolution and 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 solemn vows and pioneer life and surmounting obstacles by your own initials i mean initiatives and things like that i bet you i bet you we don't come down to one single meal while he's here i bet you we don't even come down to find out what time it is i bet you we don't i bet we tell time by the sun even salt i haven't got any but i know how to get it from rocks i'm not going to even ask for it even matches we're not going to ask for i bet we don't come down near temple camp he called it temple camp as if by that formal designation to put it far away for anything absolutely positively and definitely we won't come down for eats or anything so you needn't expect to see us thank goodness for that roy had said end of chapter thirty three recording by john brandon